Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Um, I'm excited about the message I felt God really give me. I, I believe prophetically it's something that is going to help each and every one of us where we are at today. And I love that God has spoken and he speaks and he's going to help some of us tonight. The title of my message tonight is called Keep the Peace. Keep the Peace. And I, when I was here the last time, we talked a lot about external and mind and, and renewal of the mind. But tonight I want to speak about internal peace. Peace on the inside. The Bible says this in 2 Thessalonians 3.16 in the Amplified. Now may the Lord of peace himself. Somebody say peace himself. Grant you. Say grant you. His peace at all times and in every way. That peace and spiritual well-being that comes to those who walk with him, regardless of life circumstances. The Lord be with you all. I love that. Regardless of life circumstances. Does that mean that our peace is not contingent on circumstances? I'm going to read it again in the Amplified Classic Version. It says this. Now may the Lord of peace himself grant you his peace, the peace of his kingdom. At all times and in all ways, under all circumstances and condition, whatever comes, the Lord be with you. How good is that? That the Lord grants us his peace. What, come what may. Whatever comes, whatever circumstance, whatever situation, we can have peace. Now it's interesting because the Bible says in those verses, peace himself. So this isn't just like I'm giving you the gift. He is the gift of peace. Meaning the moment we get saved, the moment we realize Jesus died on the cross for my sins, resurrected, I believe in him, we may not even realize all the gifts we have been given, and one of them is peace. He is peace. He's peace himself. So when he says, I, he doesn't even just say, I give you peace. He says, I grant you peace. I felt that was interesting. I looked it up in the dictionary. To grant is to give in an official way. To permit as a right, a privilege, or favor. To bestow or transfer formally. So he's saying, when you receive of me, I am transferring me into your world and life so that you can have peace. Point number one is God is peace and God gives peace. My question tonight is, do we receive the peace that he has given us? And how do we keep the peace he has given us? When the moment we get saved, we receive all of Jesus. We receive peace that surpasses understanding, and we're granted this peace of God. And I don't know about you, but, you know, when it's just me, myself, and I, uh, we are in blissful peace all the time. <laughs> you know, I'm at my house. I'm by myself. I am worshiping the Lord Jesus. Holy, holy, holy is my God Almighty. I mean, you, I mean, you, you know, you guys ever been in your house? You turn up that worship music, and you are just in blissful peace. You are taking authority. You are enjoying blissful peace all by your lonesome until a human comes walking in the door. The kid throws the bag, the husband throws the stuff, right? An unexpected friend, and all of a sudden, there has been a disturbance in the force. Obi-Wan Kenobi said that. He said that Jedis could sense when they, when they, the, the, the peace, when there was a, an obstruction of the peace. 
And it's the same for us. We're totally at peace until another person walks in. How many of us on uh, driving down the road? We're like driving our car. This is amazing. We throw up the worship music again. We're like, I am so Christian. Oh, this is so great. Carry underwear. Take the, yes, Jesus, take the wheel. Thank you, Lord, for taking the wheel until somebody cuts you off in track. And next thing you know, you're not even a cusser. And you start cussing up a storm. And you find out what really is on the inside. I found it is external conflict that interrupts internal peace. And in that moment, we have a choice to make. We were given the peace. Are we going to choose to keep the peace? No one thinks like, I found, you know, with big life circumstances and maybe roads that we've walked down, like you don't just like, you know, people say, I fell into sin or, you know, this stuff. No, I feel like there's a disturbance in the forest. There's, there's all of a sudden something, a, a piece that's being stolen from you, a, a rattling uh, that begins to erode when we start to just feel a bit unsettled, when we start to lose a little bit of hope, when we start to just go down roads and there's been a disturbance in the peace. It's not like we walk out the door and go, my goodness, tonight, it just seems like a really good night to go against all my convictions. I'm just going to, you know, do whatever I want. I'm going to go do the drugs. I'm going to go sleep with the person. I'm going to go do. No one wakes up and thinks that. No, long before we get in an entanglement of sin, there has been a disturbance of peace. We have to address the cause of what is on the inside in order to receive and be full of Jesus, peace that surpasses understanding. What have we allowed to take precedence over our peace in Jesus? Am I handing over my peace that God gave me? How much of my peace am I handing over? What is my peace worth to me? Number two, peace is a choice. And I believe we are more empowered than we think. I think we're more Christians than we actually do realize. But there's nothing like a storm from the pit of hell to reveal to us <laughs> just how peaceful we really are, how Christian we really are. Second Thessalonians, we read, God says, I'm peace, I give peace to you. Luke 17, 1 says, God also says offenses will come. So God doesn't contradict himself. There is peace, but he doesn't deny the fact that there are going, that the Bible says offenses will come, conflict will come, unexpected will come and invade and try to say, what does the devil try to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. You better believe the moment you got saved, the moment you got that peace, the devil is there trying to come in and steal our peace. We don't have to give the devil an inch. We don't have to give him a mile. We've got to choose in those moments when the storm hits to go, no, 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 I'm not going to play in the devil's playground. I'm not going to let him steal what is rightfully mine. I'm going to keep my peace. Now, I know a little something about this, and I, I want to share a story with you from my own life uh, where this message really came from. And this is probably about maybe a year and a half, two years ago. It was towards the end of um, COVID craze. I don't know if there's an end to COVID craze, but... Um, you know, it was kind of that point where everyone was now looking like we have been sheltered too much. We've been in the house too much and we are looking to vacation anywhere. 
And my family, we had um, waited for a while to go on this family vacation. And my parents, um, sisters, brothers, um, family live all live in Ecuador. And so we had been planning that, you know, we were going to go on this vacation. And so I was going to come from San Diego, my two nephews that live here in San Diego. And we were going to do this massive family vacation, but it got put off because of COVID craze. And so Finally, we're like, oh my goodness, you know what? Mexico's pretty open. So let's go to Cancun. And so, yeah, it was amazing. So we had everything all dialed in. We we're going to an all-inclusive, my entire family. And this was something in the works for a while. Well, we get there in the first night. It's just, you know, it's amazing. You're just getting there. It's all great. Second day comes and... Um, I walk out of my room, this is, this is day two, people, okay? Day two of vacation. And I am in blissful peace, like the world is great. And I walk out of my hotel room, and I see my mother walking towards me. And I see a disturbed look on her face, and I thought, there has been a disturbance in the force. <laughs> I'm like, oh, like, what is going on? And she comes up, she's like, Stacy, just received an email from your uncle. And the moment she said, my uncle, my heart stopped beating. And I started to, to take some deep breaths. Because my mom's side of the family, this is the Jewish side of the family, not yet saved. Been praying for them all of our lives. And my uncle, my mom only had one brother growing up. And my grandparents, they... Um, raised my my mother and her brother, obviously Jewish. My mom had a radical encounter with Jesus. Um, her, I, I won't go into her story, it is insane, but she became a, a Christian. Her parents wanted to pronounce her dead to the family. They had her kidnapped by a Jewish rabbi. They thought she was in a cult. Story for another day. Um, <laughs> needless to say, when she found Jesus, she found truth, and she lived that out. Um, but my grandparents could never recognize, never could applaud uh, my mother for the life that she had lived, because to do that was to confirm that Jesus is real and true. So she was very much rejected from the family. Now they praised her brother who had grown up very disturbed. And he um, unfortunately was someone we, we prayed for for a long time, but he um, was a very smart man, had three degrees, a law degree, a bachelor's degree, uh, a uh, real estate license, but he just couldn't get on with people. He left his childhood home once for nine months. He moved out, realized he couldn't handle it out in the world, moved back with his parents and lived with his parents into his 60s. He never left his parents' home. Just to give you a little backdrop. So she says, your uncle sent me an email, and the email had said that my grandfather had passed away. Now, that was sad, and, you know, like a normal family, you would want to grieve that moment, but... Then there was a next email and a next email and messages coming in. And all of a sudden, my uncle has put through a list of demands on our family. You need to leave where you're at. You need to come to Phoenix, Arizona right now. You need to, to fix all this that's going on. We're like, wait a minute. Like, can we just have a moment? Like, my grandpa passed away. What in the world is happening? And all these threats start coming in to my father. And then we come to realize it was because he had just also found out that my grandfather had had a trust. And he thought he was getting all the inheritance that was owed and deserved to him. And had found out that my grandfather had placed my father as head of the trust. Not his daughter, 
not his son. My father, very odd. Most lawyers are like, we've never seen anything like this. Uh, We did not know the degree to which all of this had happened. My grandfather thought that he could confront from the grave what he never confronted in life. And my friends, that doesn't work. That's like trying to pass on the the generational, we talk about generational strongholds, um, because they never had peace in their lives. that, That was trying to come to my parents and then to us as the grandkids. And my grandparents had built a life with my uncle of codependency based on dysfunction. They began to need each other because my grandparents felt bad that they had created this person that was my uncle that was a disturbance to the world. And so they felt like, well, we created this. We've got to keep it. And then as they got older, they couldn't make decisions, couldn't move. So then they became this codependent dysfunction. We begged, we prayed for, for them to move to Ecuador, for us to care for them. And it was never a decision that they could make. Well, to make a long story short... That obviously shifted the vacation, and we had to make a lot of decisions in that moment. And so we began to pray to God and lean on God and, and, and kind of figure the situation out. And so my father and mother flew directly you know, to Phoenix, Arizona, to begin to figure out what to do because we found out that in the trust was not just finances, but also was the care of my grandmother. We were now entrusted... <laughs> to care for my 86-year-old grandmother who had dementia and was in a wheelchair. My uncle couldn't care for him, care for her alone. He had been having my grandfather help, and we did not realize how bad the situation had gotten, even though there was many visits and all the things. And so we're like, wow, okay, what are we going to do? And so there began, I came back to San Diego. Um, It all happened, you know, things happen so fast that it's just like you go into go mode. And I started flying back from San Diego to Phoenix, Arizona, helping my parents to figure out all the things that were happening. Well, it got worse to worse. Um, after a, a little bit of time, we realized that my uncle had no interest in us helping him. He had then told my dad that he would make it his life's mission to make our lives a living hell until the day that he died. He went further to to uh, close the doors of that home and to batten down the hatches. And he had locked everyone out of it, put masking tape and bolted every door and told us we were not allowed in. We would send caretakers in to care for my grandmother and he turned the caretakers away. So in essence, what happened in the state of Arizona was that my uncle had kidnapped my 86-year-old grandmother. Crisis. Odd position. My family is a family of pastors, ministers, counselors. <laughs> We're like, we should be a, what is, what? How is this on our doorstep? <laughs> a massive disturbance of the peace. Anyways, long story short, We're working out. My mother was going through chemo at the time. We sent her back to Ecuador so that she could uh, try to have some peace and some rest there. And then what's beautiful about crisis is, one, you tend to see the worst in people, but you also can see the best when you look through the eyes of Jesus and lean on him. And in a moment's notice, I realized with my father, this was not something that we could do alone. It was going to take our entire family to work this out and get my father back to his home in Ecuador and have my grandmother cared for. And so in one phone call, I had all of my siblings um, in a moment's notice drop everything, come to, to Arizona, and we all began to use 
utilize the God-given gifts that we had on the inside of us. And we wound up going, my dad and I were like, I was like, okay, dad, here's what we do. We got to go to the courts because we got to sell the house. We got to rid of all this stuff. We got to take care of grandma. But my uncle refused to let us in, wouldn't leave the home. And so I'm like, we're going to need to get a restraining order um, against him. Now he had been sending threats to my father continuously. On the day that we decided this was the day that he sent the threat that he had gotten a gun and he had bullets and he was prepared to kill my father. Pretty disturbed. And so we wind up um, going to the courthouse, we went through, I mean, uh, we were shuffled, police stations, lawyers, we presented ourselves before judges. Every single person I remember looked at, at me and said, this is a very complicated situation. I'm like, you think? <laughs> Finally, at the end of the day, we are like, we have used every brain cell known to mankind. We have prayed our guts out and, and, and we felt like we were no farther ahead. What are we going to do? And finally, the last lady behind the, the, the glass door, you know, she, she says to us, look, the police station is going to close. But if there's anyone that can help you, it's that guy. Now, he's off his shift. He's talking to someone. But if you catch him in the hallway and he chooses to talk to you, if there's anyone that can help you, it's going to be him. Well, we turn and we look. And this is where you never judge a book by its cover. You don't know what kind of angel God is sending you. And so I look, and I kid you not, this man, beautiful police officer, but he did look like Elmer Fudd. He looked like he came from the deep south. He was missing teeth and... And we're like, he's the answer? We're like, oh, Jesus, we trust in you, oh, God. And so we come and we chat with him. I kid you not. He was Elmer Fudd, the angel that God had sent. And he gave us the recipe. He said, this is exactly what you need to do. This is where you need to go. And in fact, you not only are going to get a restraining order, but you can get the police to come and in 15 minutes have him evicted. You're the head of the trust. You own the house. He can dispute everything he wants later. But as of this moment, you can have him gone within 15 minutes. You can get in there and take care of your grandmother. And he gave us the entire recipe on how. Jesus always has a plan. He always has a plan when we lean into him. And let me tell you this, there were a series of miracles that happened from that point forward. My uncle wound up getting removed. He did break the, um, the restraining order. I was the one to get to call 911. Uh, when we did get into the house, there was a loaded gun next to his bed with lots of bullets. It was a substantiated claim. Very sad. Um, but we were able to have him removed take care of my grandmother. Oh, um, Brandon, my nephew's here. You were there. We called in the nephews. They helped. It was awesome. The whole family <laughs> really helped. And, um, and so we were able to get in and then get an emergency passport and get my grandmother to Ecuador. But here's where the whole message comes from. My father calls after all of these the, you know, about two months of trying to figure everything out, going back and forth, lawyers, the whole nine. And my dad calls us kids and he says, okay, here's what we're going to do. We've got grandma now. We're getting her cared for. And he said, but we're going to settle the accounts. We're going to give your uncle all the money, most of the money. Now, we're as you are holding your breath, uh, excuse me, why? <laughs> and he says, he said, Stacy, and to us kids, he said, his bitterness and what he is holding on to is not worth that money. We were never in this for any money. 
and that money is not worth one moment of my peace. Those material things are not worth one night's sleep. I will rest at night. Let God be judge. Let God take vengeance, the Bible says. And he says, let God do that work because it is not worth one day of our peace being taken or stolen from. We will get our peace back today. Now, us kids were like, yeah, that sounds real great, Dad, but he doesn't deserve any of that. We're like, we had found out he was on drugs and all these things and we're like he's just gonna blow through the money why would we why would we do that and then we came back to ourselves and we thank God that we had a father with enough wisdom to pray to God and go is this worth my peace and then we realized in that moment dad you're right this isn't worth yes could we go to court and win would it be years and years and years to make that happen yes it's not worth it Point number three, let God be judge. This is what the Bible says. Vengeance is the Lord, not mine. Romans 12, 17 through 19. Never repay anyone evil for evil. Take thought for what is right and gracious and proper in the sight of everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with ever, as far as it depends on you. There are some extenuating circumstances. There are some things that we, I cannot control the actions and the emotions of a deranged man, but I can choose today to give over an earthly, an inheritance so that I can sleep every night, that I don't have to be looking over my shoulder. I don't have to be in a fight every day. So as it is up to us, it says, live at peace with everyone. Beloved, never avenge yourself selves but leave the way open for God's wrath and his judicial righteousness for it is written in scripture vengeance is mine I will repay says the Lord let God be judged we realized in that moment I would rather create space and room in my heart where I'm living in the peace of God that surpasses all understanding and uh, instead of having that fight take up real estate in my mind instead I would create a room and a space for God to do what he's got God could bring in money from the four corners of the world. God can justify, God can bring in, let vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I can let God move and let him be judge. My peace would not be contingent on another person's deserving or worthiness. My peace was conditioned on my, contingent on my righteousness before God. What did God say to our family? What did God say to us? Let me live right before God. Let God promote, not man. Choose peace over unforgiveness. Don't hold on to bitterness. We can use wisdom and discernment, but release to God. Point number four, learn from crisis how to keep your peace. Nothing like a good old-fashioned crisis to learn how Christian we really are. And I learned a few things. 1 Peter 3, 9 says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit. Somebody say inherit. That you may inherit a blessing. You know what I would rather? Rather than that money or earthly possession inheritance, I would rather the kingdom of God inheritance. And let me say it this way. 
My mother, when she brought her mother into her home in Ecuador, showed her and gave her mother what her mother never gave her. She showed unconditional love. She showed care and kindness to a mom that had rejected her most of her life. Instead, she was a Christian. And do you know what? We can only exercise the peace of God. It is supernatural. It is not a human thing. You have to have Jesus on the inside of you to minister to a person that has done you wrong, and yet you can extend kindness and love. That, my friends, is supernatural. We have to be able to draw from God, of the God of peace, to then give peace. And do you know what happened? In the, the last moments, in the, in the last months of my grandmother's life, this Jewish woman who had rejected Jesus her whole life, laid in a bed and said, pray for me. All of us, we had a special moment with my grandmother. We had special moments. What you realize in crisis is we realize what really counted. We saw our, my, my brothers and my sister and all of us go into action in the God-given anointings that he gave each one of us. We look back and we go, not, not one of us could have handled that crisis alone, but we saw a superhero rise in each one of us. And we all have the superhero that is Holy Spirit himself that will rise to the occasion and do what we cannot, give peace. So we see the best and the worst of people. When the best comes out, note it, document it, and celebrate it. When the worst comes out, do not vilify. Go, don't, don't go down the road of vengeance. Don't get stuck in their storm. Let the dust settle. Don't make judgments and major decisions in the heat of the moment. Instead, pray. Listen to God and obey his voice. Let his peace lead and guide you. Put our expectations in the right place on Jesus. Many times when we are, when we are wronged, especially when we are do right and we get wrong back, we want to, to, to vilify the, the other person. We want to, 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 to place expectation on a person instead of on God. And often what happens is that we as Christians, when we begin to exercise our faith and we start to go through some things and we start to learn some things through Christ as a new creation, then all of a sudden what can happen, and I've seen it over and over, all of a sudden we think that that family member has changed. We think that the whole world, no, 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 we changed. Why are we placing unrealistic expectations on people that may not yet have given their lives over to God and how the encounters that we have had? We have to place our expectation on Jesus himself and, and not on others. Otherwise, we raise our fists to God, but instead we can go to God in prayer and follow his leading and his guiding. Don't let money or material things rob us one night's sleep. Some of us tonight have to make a decision to let it go. And I'm not saying that there isn't a time to fight, but I am saying listen to the Lord Jesus himself because not one of us regret any of those decisions that we made. My father sleeps peaceably at night knowing he did what was right before God. And let us now inherit a godly inheritance. Let God show off. Let God bring miracle upon miracle upon miracle. That's the expectation you can have in God when you follow what he says. To keep the peace that God gave me, it's not dependent upon another person or other people's actions. Do what's right in God's eyes, not man. My last point is this. Are you all with me? Okay. Point number five, have an active prayer life. 
<clears throat> Why do I say that? Because unless my friends, all of us had had an active prayer life, unless I remember so many moments just praying my guts out, like praying to God. I don't, you know, all of us, when we deal with circumstances that we're not expecting, we don't know how to handle them. I don't care how long I've been a pastor and a minister and a counselor. I have to do exactly what you have to do. I have to stand before Jesus himself and go, God, lead and guide me. And I pray my heart out. But we have to start to believe our own prayers. And I, I realize that all of us have to come to a place where we believe the prayers that we are praying, that they're not throwaway words. A widow was praying, um, I'm sorry, a, um, a woman, a, a pastor who was about 42 years old, um, her and her husband uh, started pastoring a church. And, and one day she was out in, in her backyard and uh, there was, her neighbor was there and they were playing tennis. And this neighbor, his name was Chuck, playing tennis, but he was cursing like a sailor. He's cursing up a, a storm. And she, she looked at him. She said, Chuck, don't do that. Stop cussing. Stop cursing. You're in front of your young kids. They're watching you. I'm going to pray for you that you stop cussing. And then he said this. He said, oh, Betty, I cuss a lot and you pray a lot. And neither one of us really means what we say. That was a punch to the gut. She was gutted because she realized he was right. That day, she shifted as a 42-year-old Christian pastor. She shifted her life, and she made a decision. I am not going to pray with words that go by and by. What if I believed every word that I prayed in prayer, that it actually went to the throne room of grace, and that it was effective, and that it does what God says it will do, that it is laced with the power and the goodness of God, that it is laced with breakthrough and healing anointing and conviction that can break bondages and yokes and strongholds. What if, church, we began to believe the prayers that we pray? Now, another woman was, was praying. She is a widow. And she had a teenage daughter. And she got to that place where she's like, I don't have a husband anymore. I'm trying to do everything that I can and everything that I know to do. She was a Christian woman. But her daughter started making some pretty bad decisions. And she started to backslide. She started to get involved in things. She wasn't living out her Christianity. She had gotten saved as a young girl, but she was not living for Christ. And so this widow started to pray. And she said, God, I can't be with my daughter every moment of every day. I can't control the situations that she is in. So God, I pray that that you are her guardian. I cannot 24 hours a day, but you can. So God, I pray that you be her guardian. Well, one night, this young girl and her friend had gotten an all-access pass to a club in the city. Now, this particular club was known to be a club where there was a lot of drug activity, prostitution. It was horrible. And she had gotten an all-access pass to stay the night. Teenage girl. Her and her friend go up to the door. The door opens, a woman comes out, dark black hair, a little pale. She looks at the all-access pass. She says to the friend, come on in. Then she says to the widow's daughter, she stops and she looks at her. She said, you're not allowed in. Well, the teenage daughter starts yelling. You know, she, what? I have the exact same pass as my friend. You have to let me in. The woman looks at her and says, I'm a witch. I'm a fortune teller. 
and you have an angel on either side of you. And I'm not letting any one of you in this place. How many people know that when you pray believing prayers, God says what he's going to do. He was the guardian of that child that night, that Christian mom that prayed those prayers. My friends, they don't go unheard. They hit the throne room of God and God is ready and able to dispense on our behalf, to protect the unprotected my friends we need to start praying confident prayers first john 5 14 through 15 this is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to if you are a believer you're entitled to that kind of praying life you're entitled to believe the confidently your prayers that will go before God. It says this, of confidence which has believers are entitled to have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will, and catch this in the Amplified, that is consistent with his plan and his purpose, he hears us. And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, then he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask. We also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the requests which we have asked from him. We can confidently go before God himself. And we can be confident that when our prayers align with his purposes and with his principles, that he is ready and able and willing to move on our behalf. That's the kind of prayers that we need to pray. Can I get everybody to stand to their feet? It's time we start believing who God says he is. And we start believing that what God says he will do, he will do. Billy Graham said this. John Knox prayed, and the results caused Queen Mary to say that she feared the prayers of John Knox more than she feared all the armies of Scotland. John Wesley prayed, and revival came to England, and revival and revival came to England, sparing the nation of the horrors of the French Revolution. Jonathan Edwards prayed, and revival swept through the American colonies. History has been changed time after time because of prayer. I tell you, history could change again if people went to their knees in believing prayers. Even when times are bleak, even when the world scorns God, he will still work through the prayers of his believing people. Imagine today if we prayed for revival in our families. Imagine today if we prayed for revival in our city. Imagine today if we prayed for revival in our nations. What would God do with believing prayers of Christians, of rightful sons and daughters entitled to everything that God has placed in his good book? What if we believed the words of this Bible? What if we believe them? What if when there is a disturbance of the peace, we don't go to the bottle, we don't go to the drug, we don't go to the thing that has, sit, that has saturated the, 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 the humanness on the inside of us? What if we go to God himself? And I've been there, church. I pray this and I speak this with, with such conviction because in my moments of deep disturbance, there was no human on the planet that could help to bring me my peace. I needed Jesus himself. 
peace that surpasses understanding to do the supernatural, to bring calm to a storm, to, to, to take away the anxieties and the fears, to bring back hope when there was loss, to bring back joy after grief. No human can do those things, but Jesus, my friends, can. Can we close our eyes? Can we raise our hands to the heavens? Oh God, oh God, I sense you here right now. Father, Lord, I thank you that you are a good God. And some of us, I, I just even feel God speaking right now. It's been hard to look to God as that good because we've had such broken human relationships. When we don't have fathers and mothers that have maybe ha have protected in the way that they should have or, or done the things that a mother and a father should, and yet, do you know that God himself can show himself strong? When people fail us, church, when family fails us in their humanness, we can go to God himself, the author and the finisher, but my favorite part, everything in between. He is the author and the finisher of our faith, everything in between. Could you just put your, your hands down? I wanna ask this question right now. If you're in this place, and you're like, Stacy, I have not received the peace that surpasses understanding, not in the way that you were speaking tonight. And if you're in this place and you're like, you know what, it's time now. It's time for me to receive of Jesus himself for peace that surpasses understanding to come into my life and be, bring peace where there has been disruption. Bring peace where there has been torment. Bring peace where, where there has been, has been broken down and hurt and pain. God can come in, he can do that. If you're in this room and you would say that was me, can you just lift your hands real quick? I'm just gonna pray for you. Yep, I see that hand, wonderful. I see that hand, I see that hand. I see that hand in the middle. I see that hand in the back. I see that hand on my left. Amazing, I see that hand on my right. Amazing, I see that hand in the back. I see those hands in the front. Jesus hears your prayers. He hears the cry of your heart. He hears you. I wanna do this, second group of people. If there has been a disturbance of the peace and you would say, Stacy, there's been a part of my life that I need to get back. I need to invite the peace of God to come back and bring me peace where I left a door wide open through pain, through situation, through circumstance. If that's you, would you lift your hand also? Can I see those hands? Yeah, just those areas of a hut. Some people, business deals gone bad and you know you were right. What's God saying? Sleep at night. Oh, my friends, sleep at night. Have the peace of God on the inside. Here's what I wanna do right now. I'm gonna pray for all of us. I wanna pray for all the people that raise their hand to invite the Prince of Peace to come into their lives. And I'm gonna pray for the people that have given over some peace. And I wanna ask you to do this. Would you just make your way to the altar? I'm gonna have the ministry team come up uh, right now as well. And, and I'm gonna pray a prayer for all of us. I'm gonna pray a prayer together. And, and all of you that have raised your hands, would you just begin to pour out? Just begin to come on to the altar. I'm gonna pray with, with all of us. There was a lot of us tonight. So let's, let's come on out to the altar and let's begin to pray. I, I, I love preaching and ministering, but I love seeing God move. He's real and he's real tonight. He's gonna move within your life. Just come on down, just make your way to the front. You can just come on to the middle. Yeah, just come on down. Come on down, come on down, come on down. Has there been a disturbance of the peace? Just begin to come down. We're gonna pray. 
And I'm gonna pray for all of us right now. And the altar's open and, and, and you can come and just begin to, to meet with God. And then if you feel like you need somebody to stand with you, these ministers are here for you as well. Let's do this right now. Let's all lift our hands to heaven, especially all y'all on the altar and everybody here tonight. We're gonna meet with Jesus. Let's raise our hands to the heavens. Raising our hands is a sign of surrender to God. Not my will, but thy will be done. Not my wants, not my things, but yours be done. And God has the best for every one of us. So let's all pray this prayer together as family of the faith. Why don't you repeat after me, God, let me hear you. God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to die on the cross for my sin, for my torment, for my disruptions. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and resurrecting with resurrection power. And I thank you, Jesus, for sending me the Holy Spirit to be with me always. I receive peace that surpasses understanding. I receive of you right now. I thank you for calming the storm within. I thank you for keeping my peace. Now let's all begin to, to pray right now. I wanna now pray for those areas of our hearts that have been given over to that kind of a torment, to things that we have gotten entangled in. And right now, even maybe some of us, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to be able to look in your mind's eye. Is there been a person that has been stealing your peace? Has there been a situation or a circumstance that has been stealing your peace? Because, because believe you me, the devil, he works through people that have given areas of their lives not over to God, but have left an open space for him to move. And he comes in and he energizes that space within. And often our conflict comes through people that are energized by a demonic spirit. And it's not that people are devils. It's that devils work through people. And right now, we are gonna tell those devils to leave. And we're gonna invite the Prince of Peace to come back. And God is gonna to speak to you, just like he spoke to my family. He's gonna give you guidance and he's gonna to speak to you on your particular situation. Some of us, we need to forgive. We need to let it go. We need to forgive that mom that was not a mom to us. We need to let go and let God in, let him be judge. So come on, let's begin to pray right now. Let's begin to cry out. You can begin to pray, and I'm gonna pray for all of us. God, oh God, Lord, I praise you in this place. And right now, in the name of Jesus, those areas of our hearts that have been given over to things that have been uh, taking away our peace, that have literally sucked the energy and the breath of our lives. Oh, right now we bind any work of the enemy in the name of Jesus. We bind the devil. We say you leave right now. You flee from our lives right now. In the name of Jesus, you go back to the pit of hell where you came from. You go back. You leave us, our family, our generations. It's time to take legacy back in this place. What happened with my grandparents and with my curse and right now 
Jesus. I break contract with the evil one, with the devils that have been stealing right now. You leave in the name of Jesus. We bind the work of the enemy. And right now in the name of Jesus, see what happens is when you tell those devils to leave, you get to invite the peace, the Prince of Peace to take up all that space in your heart, in your mind. The Bible says meditate on him day and night. Do not meditate on the stories that have happened in our history that have stolen. Instead, meditate on the Word of God. Let God be judge and every man a liar. Let God be judge. Release it in the name of Jesus. Release the disappointment. Release the unforgiveness in the name of Jesus. Lord, oh Lord, right now, Oh, Prince of Peace, I feel him sweeping through this room, cleansing. You know, when, when we get rid of this stuff that we have been entangled in, God says in, he were, in his word that he makes us to be as white as snow. Oh, purity is coming back in the name of Jesus. Our thought life is the thought life, thought life of Christ. We thank you for angels to be dispensed on our behalf to do what we cannot. Do you know that the Bible says that Jesus neither sleep nor slumbers? Do you know what that tells me? We can. We can rest in peace when God is at work on our behalf, whether we see it or we don't. We know that he is at work. So God, oh God, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for peace that surpasses understanding. I thank you for your Holy Spirit, oh God, to pour out in such a tangible way. I thank you, oh God, that as fear has left, oh Jesus, that the Prince of Peace has come. I thank you that courage and boldness begins to rise in our heart. I thank you that right now we are a church and a people that are believing the words that you have given us and we will Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.